This is a Radio 1 91FM FM podcast. Joining us now is Mike Joy. He is a freshwater ecologist coming to speak to us about Aotearoa's freshwater environment. Kia ora, Mike, and thank you for joining us on the show. Kia ora. Looking at the report, the statistics are pretty dreadful, with 45% of our lake sites worsening, 45% of our total river length being unswimmable, and it reported 4,200 wastewater overflows occurring in only a 12-month time span. How are we in this current situation, with, which seemingly becomes more detrimental for Aotearoa day by day? Uh, yeah, there's a whole lot of causes behind it. The, the, the number one, um, and this is well established, the number one impact on freshwater in New Zealand is intensive agriculture, um, which occurs at about 40% of the rivers, of the length of rivers in New Zealand are in, in farming catchments, and that's where the big problems are. That's where the nutrients and pathogens it's not to, to downplay, you know, those discharges that they mentioned in the report and um, the other impacts. Urban impacts are really, really bad, um, but they only make up less than 1% of the length of waterways. So the report, while it sounds, you know, is shocking and it, and it shows how much worse we are getting, mm-hmm. it, the, being a government department and being the Ministry for the Environment who are supposed to be looking after it, they are self-reporting. And so they tend to downplay uh, their failings and the true causes. We have this thing in New Zealand where you're not allowed to dis dairy farming. Um, it's almost a religion. But, but the reality is that you know half of our greenhouse gas emissions come from agriculture. Way more than half of our freshwater pollution comes from agriculture. And, and dairy and, and intensive farming is a really big part of that. And that's the big, the big driver. And we're not... It's not going to get better because we're not doing anything about it. We're allowing further and further intensification, and so um, it, these reports will keep coming out and keep looking worse until we start doing something about the cause. Yeah, obviously, with that sentiment, you know, you've been highly critical of Labor's government not tackling the source of the issue when it comes to our freshwater, you know, mm-hmm. crisis. You know, what actual attempts would you like to see from the government to tackle this issue? Yeah, and it's not just Labor. I mean, it's successive governments that have allowed yep. this to happen. I mean, it was really really, really accelerated under the previous national government, that three terms where they allowed... They, they invented this thing called nitrate toxicity that didn't exist before and still doesn't exist, but it enabled them to increase the amount of nitrogen that's allowed in water and pretty much allowed that whole massive intensification that happened in Canterbury particularly. And, you know, we saw national uh, at play there when the regional council, ECAN, decided to start doing something to protect rivers in Canterbury... Um, Nick Smith and his government sacked the uh, regional council. Incredibly undemocratic process to sack a a democratically elected council and replace it with their own people. And and that allowed for much more devastation to happen in Canterbury. So, yeah, I wouldn't... Labor Labor have done a good job of, of, you know, sort of trying to take hold of the issues. Um, They instigated the the freshwater reforms that I was part of as, as a member of the Science Technical Advisory Group. And so they did make some big um, changes, but um, they kind of backed down at the last minute. And it's just a, an incredible influence of the agriculture industry on on the on how policy is made in New Zealand, and we see more examples of it every day. Yeah, I guess. And we as a country often really pride ourselves on our fresh freshwater resources. Yeah, you know the situation we're in is really dire. You know, Labor or um, National, like how do we as a nation ensure that measures? are put in place, you know, to tackle this issue? 
Well, the thing that we nobody wants to tackle, and because it's totally, you know, I mean, the nitrate or the pollution issue is exactly the same as our greenhouse gas emissions issue. It's it's intensification, industrialisation, and so our big earner dairy um, drives half of our, well, a quarter of our greenhouse gas emissions um, dairy alone. Um, and, and and like I said, most of the freshwater pollution. So the way to fix that is to de-intensify it. We need to massively reduce the number of cows uh, on our landscape. We only have that many cows on our landscape because we feed them synthetic nitrogen fertiliser made from fossil fuels, palm kernel um, that comes from the devastation of, of other parts of the world. Um, we ship um, phosphate in from the Western Sahara, stolen phosphate from Western Sahara that comes in through the port of Dunedin sometimes. So, um, you know, it's it's the biting the bullet that no government's going to do because they would get voted out because people don't want to lose what they have at the moment. So it's it's part of this big dilemma where we have to face the fact that the affluence that we have comes from destroying the environment. And if we want to save the environment, we need to cut back on, on the consumption that we have at the moment. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. In an election year, is it really realistic yeah. to expect, you know, Labour or, you know, National, you know, to, our country's got such a close-knit relationship with the dairy industry, is yep. and it's something that's bad for their business. Can we really expect the implement, implementation of legislation? No, I don't think we can. You know, realistically, they won't. They're, they're driven by popular popularity contests, so they will keep giving giving lollies out and um, not not facing the real issues, but I think there's a, a growing realisation among New Zealanders that um, we can't go on living like we do. Um, so, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a tough election. Um, I, I think the reality is the change is not going to come from central government um, because of that popularity thing. So uh, my, I put my faith and hope in, in that, that it's a ground-up change, um, that, we're, that more and more people will be active, that students will be more become more active and we need to protest and and really um, you know the people those of us who understand the crucial need to have a livable planet uh, you know in the future especially young people will stop sitting back and waiting for someone else to do it and and get active and and start fighting for our future I think an issue that is somewhat flying under the radar with our freshwater crisis is the effect that it's having on our tonga, like our fish, our mm. freshwater birds, yep. who are either yep. on the verge of extinction or threatened with extinction. Yep. As a country that yep. values our iconic tonga, you know, do you think that's a key issue that could really galvanise the public into supporting legitimate freshwater legislation? Well, I would have thought that, and well, we we have the highest rate of um, highest proportion of threatened freshwater species that I can find for any country in the world. Three quarters of our freshwater fish, um, our freshwater mussel, and our freshwater uh, crayfish are all on the threatened or at risk list. That doesn't seem to have changed anything. What I thought would change things is the realization of the link between nitrate and water and colorectal cancer, mm. and um, you know that's a thing when it starts to threaten human health. I would have thought that that would make things happen but the industry is so powerful and they have so much money to downplay the reality around the impacts that they make um, that the truth if we could only get through the truth through then I think people would uh, would demand change but you know it's just a few of us um, and a few NGOs up against a very very powerful industry with lots of money to spend on PR and spin mm.
And finally, you know, we currently are still in recovery from major weather events, notably Cyclone Gabriel, you know. Yep. The effects of these events have made the combined pressures of climate change, land use, you know, human modifications to waterways more evident than ever. Just how important is it that legislation and measures are put in place to withstand, you know, these pressing issues? We we have to do something. We You know, it's, it's never too late, but it, we should have started ages ago. We should never have gone down this path of industrialisation. We... We could have been world leaders. We are far from clean and green. That is the biggest con ever. We're about, if you look at all the measures, we're about 18 from the bottom of 190-odd countries in the world when it comes to protecting our environment. So we have a shocking record that somehow we get away with because of, again, because of spin and, and PR. So we we might think we're pretty clever, we humans, but we can't survive without a livable planet. And I think, you know, issues like cyclones, tornadoes, you know, sea level rise, um, deaths from overheating and stuff will finally make people realise that um, we're not that smart and we need to, to back off. And and I, and I just um, hope that people will take a look um, at an, at an organisation called um, Degrowth Aotearoa in New Zealand. You can find it online where we're trying to get people to, um, to think about the reality that we're going to have to uh, shrink our consumption and to have a, a hope in the future. Thanks for listening to Radio 191 FM podcast. All of our content lives online at r1.co.nz.